Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Down the block, Andrew Johnson. Inside for Elba. Elba will score. Elba will score. Newcastle has won. Now, on to the All-Stars. 28-24 victory. Indigenous All-Stars break the streak over in New Zealand as well. Uh, what a game. What a game. Uh, in addition, uh, Cobbo, he racked up 208 metres, but he also scored three tries, eight tackle breaks. The great Selwyn Cobbo. <laughs> oh, man. He has, he has six errors, but he scores three tries. And you go, when you see him make that break and he fends those two players, you go... There's no one else in the NRL outside of Latrell Mitchell that can do that. Literally, no one else in the NRL. It is absolutely incredible, this kid's potential. Uh, it's just a matter of like, you know, just those errors. Fuck, bruh, please. <laughs> please, please, just sort that out. Um, anyway, outside of that, from an overall game, I thought this was a fantastic game. I thought it was entertaining, had everything you needed. Um, you know, I thought that the Indigenous side did what we kind of like suggested in regards to they hit about the 60th minute mark and just ramped the pace up through the middle and the, the multi-forwards and the big fellas really struggled to go with it. Um, and I thought that was really smart from Cody Walker to basically be the leader of that, to go identify the fact that, all right, 60th minute boys, line speed increase, ball playing increase, everything around the ruck, small fellas in there. So I thought the Indigenous game plan was actually really, really smart. Um, yeah, everything was incredible. Everything was incredible. What did you think of the game, Guru? I loved the way that they used Latrell Mitchell and Hines, the way that they moved them between fullback, centre, and everything. Mm. I thought that was fantastic. And Hines, oh. like, you're always confident he's going to go well, but when a guy comes off a career-high year like that, you're always like, can he do it again? I walked away from that game going, he might get better. Oh, I know. Well, he's be- he's looking better now than he did at the same time last year. Yeah. So you're going... Fuck me, like this kid actually, he was incredible. He was incredible. It was like, he was like, he was playing like he's been the best seven of this generation. Like that's how confident he was playing. It's his second year as an NRL seven. It's amazing. Uh, Timmy, what do you think of the game? Yeah, it took me about 40 minutes to work out how they were 
manoeuvring Hines and Latrell and <laughs> chopping between fullback mm. and centre and half and yep. all over the place. It was great. Like, really enjoyed it. It was interesting how we came in on last week's podcast in the preview to it, how the Maori forwards were going, likely going to be more dominant. Mm. The Indigenous back line was just star-studded. Uh, in the team of the match that they put out, all six of the forwards were from the Maori team. Oh, really? And six of the seven backline players were Indigenous players. So, like, it was, it went as expected uh, mm. in that, that sense. We also said we struggled to separate them. Once there were a couple of key outs mm. mid last week and what a four point margin in it. So, mm. uh, it was such an outstanding game of footy. I loved it. Lots of uh, players took a few good opportunities in, you know, a, a big game for the weekend. Um, I said Nico was the one who just. <sighs> Mate. His ability just to be on – he must be so fit. Oh. He gets so many touches and just accumulates, accumulates, accumulates stats. Oh, he was awesome. Yeah, he was incredible. And this is going to sound super ironic, um, but mouldy, mouldy. Well, I know. I mean, I heard you say it. I was like, oh. Just think you, think mouldy. Mouldy. Like as in mouldy cheese. With an R. But just mouldy. 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 Give it a go. Mouldy. Close, mouldy. Mouldy. That's, that's all right. With a D. Yeah, mouldy. Mouldy. There you go. Boom. All right. But th- let us know in the comments section if you've got a better way to like explain it because <laughs> me as a white Australian, I'm like <laughs> telling someone else, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I'm just trying to help out. Um, let us know in the comments section the best way you guys, that, that, like you explain to us white Aussies how to explain it. Um, yeah, uh, like Heinz, his fitness. I, I, I feel like I say this all the time, but fitness is the most underrated oh. weapon of a footy player. Like... Whenever we look at our superstars, whenever you see a superstar and you're like, what's his like one thing holding him back? It's always like, oh, he's just not fit. Like he doesn't get through enough work. Whereas when you look at the best players in our game, like Cam Smith, Cam Smith never looked like he was sweating. Billy Slater, Cooper Cronk's fitness was always up there. Like all these guys, their fitness is just like Tedesco. His fitness is through the roof. Joey Manu. Um, you know, so Nico Hines, his ability to just be on the ball and punishing you, as soon as he sees loose markers, quick play the ball, boom, he's straight on the bike, on the front foot. And he's just taking time away from defenders to make decisions and implement their uh, systems to stop certain things. Like, for example, the try where he went down the short side and then one of the boys kicked it back in. Was it Dane Laurie? Kicked it back in and he scored. The, the multi-team did the right thing, and, but they tried to basically rely on their systems to negate that which was oh shit we're on the back foot here let's slide but Nico Hines was so quick and up in their faces he took away the time for the defense to come from the inside and help him out and that just like if he was a split second later that doesn't happen he's as sharp like the fittest blokes in the game are as sharp in the 80th minute as they are the first and that's the difference and let's compare Nico Hines to say Latrell Mitchell who you know I think we'd all pretty confidently say at this stage Latrell Mitchell's you know, probably the better footballer, absolutely explosive. Mm. Where they differentiate is Nico can just go and go and go and get four touches a set mm. for 80 minutes. Luttrell, if Luttrell does that, he's just absolutely gassed. And Too that's big. fine. Like, yeah. he's a big boy, you know, he's carrying a bit more weight, he's an explosive player, and they're different styles. But that's where, where Nico might be lacking a little bit of explosiveness comparatively to Latrell. He makes up in just being on ball every set. Yeah. Well, Billy Slater's a good example, you know, where he's not as big and explosive as, you know, even Jared Hayne at times. But because he Greg was Inglis so in that fit. Era. Greg Inglis in that era. Like, he was so fit. Brett Stewart as well. Like, they were both so fit. 
that they were just always on the ball, ready to go. Every time there's a line break, who's their supporting? It's these fit, quick, nimble blokes. Yep. Absolutely, absolutely. He ran for 225 metres in that game, Nico. Nico, yeah. It's, 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 it's honestly, we, we don't usually see halves, number sevens. We might see sixes running for that every now and then, but number sevens running for 200 and having like, what, four or five tackle breaks, three or four line breaks. Like He did have some kick returns. It's just amazing. Tells, but still. It's just like what he's managed to achieve in such a short space of time and to come out and play like that when – what, what did we say before going into it? Like, we're like, when you win a Dally M, all of a sudden, you're the guy. So everyone's shooting out at you. They're trying to hit you late after you pass the ball. And he still managed to dominate that game. Would you say, Nico Hines, would you have him still as a top five fullback as well? I mean, it's hard to say no. Like, it's hard to argue with that. Because, like, if he was at fullback, you know that he'd be having a million tries and all those metres. Um, yeah, amazing performance by Nico. Uh we saw you at Selwyn Cobo a bit before. Again, like, you know, you have your six errors, but then you have, you could argue they don't win the game if someone's not on the field. So it's this weird balance of like, if he can, look, if he can sort those errors out, it's just seriously whatever he wants to be, whatever he wants to be. Well, it can't be an if. He has to sort them out. Mm. Like, you look at last season, we did it the other day, like we worked out on average who had the most errors the entire season. He averaged two errors per game last mm. season, which for a winger is outrageous. Mm. And then for his first big game of the year to have six, that that's triple what the highest average in the competition was last year. Um, and, you know, he, he's, he's an incredible talent. There's no doubt about it. But you cannot be running around in the NRL making two errors a game, let alone six. How did you feel about watching that, Kempi? Because if I were a Broncos fan, and just as a footy fan watching Selwyn, wanting the best out of him, it's like six errors but three tries in 12 minutes, yeah. which is absurd. But we know he's got the attacking upside. It's like, sweet. You just want to, I would want to see the little things right and obviously getting on top of these errors. It must have been a, a, an interesting watch for you. Yeah, it's, it's – look, it depends – it really just depends on whether Selwyn – Wants to fix it. Because, like, those areas are fixable. It's not like... Like, he's truly one of the most talented players in the game right now. And so, it's not a skill set thing. It's just a concentration mm. thing. So, it's an easy fix. It's just whether he wants to fix it and whether... Sometimes players are so good that they get away with stuff like that. Whereas, if he doesn't score those three tries, you're, we're all sitting here going, wow, like, Selwyn, like, not a good game, not looking good. Um, so... I try to be positive in the sense that I think he can fix it, but he, he absolutely needs to address it. And I think I do think that the Broncos will be just like speaking to him like, mate, we need you to like. The thing is, is you have to walk a fine balance with Selwyn because you don't want to take away that uh, that confidence of like I will try anything at any time. Like he's where the ball was thrown out the back. He's running at full pace. He grubs along the line, catches it, then goes for that run. Gets quick, play the ball, and then Nico scores off a, off a right foot step. Like, that kind of stuff is instinctive, and you don't want to rob the kid of that incredible ability. You, you can't, like, people pay millions, or at least a million a year for that. Like, that's premiership winning kind of instinctualness. And that's just about getting those those errors out of his game. Like, if it was two if it was two or three, I would probably, probably wouldn't be speaking about it, because it'd be like, you know what? Those games can happen, but when it's six, it's like, oof. And if it happens when he is doing the freakish stuff like that, mm. it's a different story. But the, the errors that he's making are very basic. Mm. And that, that, the concentration that's errors. The concentration yeah. error. That's all it is at the end of the day. So, mm. And, like, fuck, imagine if you take them out of his game. Like, if he just goes back down to a normal error rate, 
Like the ability that he's got is just, it's it's off the charts. Mm. Oh, like literally, like that try he scored where he scoops the ball up, bang, fend in the chest, bang, fend in the chest, then sprints away and gasses everyone. Because think about how many. This is how good that try was. He had to stop for two players, fend them off, and then start sprinting, and he still gassed every single multiplayer. Yeah, that, that that's amazing. So good. And he is what six foot four. Or six foot three, like that that is unheard of. So look, I, I totally get where you're coming from. I'm trying to I, I as always on this show, I try to be positive and glass half full. I think he can sort it, but it absolutely is something he needs to look at because I, it's yeah. becoming a bit of a trend now in regards to you look at his last season, the amount of errors he made, which was number one in the comp, wasn't he? On average, yes. On he average. was third overall, but he played six less games than one and two. Yeah, so basically the most errors in the comp. Um he doesn't even need to get like he doesn't have to be perfect footballer. I want him trying things. I want him playing that incredibly instinctive footy. But just just concentrate a little bit here or there, and and we'll be good. So I'm still very hyped on Selwyn. Still very very. I just so excited to see him in a Broncos jersey. So proud to see him in a Broncos jersey. And just, to be glass half full even more. Like fuck for him to have. I, I thought his first sixty minutes were very average. Mm. I, I was very disappointed, but then he has still got the confidence to go, you know what? Fuck it. Fuck it. I've made a heap of mistakes, <laughs> but I can have an impact on this game. And credit to him. Like, that's the other thing that makes him so dangerous. He's got that mindset. Yeah. And that's the thing. You don't you don't want to chip that away. Yep. You don't want to take away the guy that can make five errors and then score three tries in fucking 19 minutes and literally win you the game. And so some coaches will just... Some coaches that may be less, less experienced will just come down hard on him and be like, mate, fucking do your hit up. You don't want to do that. And, that. and this is why, like, Wayne Bennett would be perfect for him because Wayne would know how yeah. to find that balance between keeping the guy's incredible talent. But, I mean, look, look at Cody Walker and the way he plays. Like, mm. Cody Walker, the way he plays, he almost it's a miracle he doesn't make a million errors because he's playing within centimetres. Like, he goes to the line and he's throwing the ball just behind his – like, all that kind of stuff. So, look, I think um, he's still really young, Selwyn. I, th- I think he'll work it out. I really think he'll work it out. And, and similar to um, Selwyn, when you look at Cody, the beauty of what he does is that he's not afraid to make mistakes. Yeah, absolutely. Which is the other huge – and that's like I, I, I always think James Maloney is the best example of all time. James Maloney could have thrown two intercepts and oh. sprayed the blokes that didn't chase him and then yeah. still win the game for you. Like, yeah. he did it on so many occasions. And that, that's what I love about Selwyn, that he has got that mindset. But the errors he's making, he can clean them up. Quite easily. Yeah. Yeah. It's just concentration. So very exciting though. Like just just to see what he was doing on the field. You don't you don't see that very often. So when you do see it, you've got to enjoy it and appreciate it. That was yeah. fucking amazing. Now, uh Jordan Ricky's brother, is it Preston Ricky? Yeah. Ooh. He was scary. So he's down at Penrith as well. How like how typical. I, I was watching going, geez, he's like this bloke can play. Yeah. What club's he at? Oh, Penrith. <laughs> course Fuck. he is mate <laughs> can you like that talent end oh. at penrith <laughs> jesus i wonder how old he is because like i'll have to check here you guys he's 24 he's 24 okay he's so he has been around for a, around bit. For a yeah. bit okay so maybe he's a late bloomer but i mean at least in that game you're going fuck me so he's older than jordan so yeah he would be because yep. jordan's about 22 i think so yeah um yeah jordan ricky uh he there was a couple of little little things, like like he chased too hard on the Nico Hines try, and that, that, that was like he should have stayed square. But we saw the potential there. We spoke about it before going to the game. Actually, we'll speak about someone else because they're both Broncos players, and I know people will be like, stop talking about Broncos players. <laughs> um, Hayes Perham. 
Thoughts? Yeah, um, I've seen him play before. He's got a very high skill set. Uh, he's a quality player, but um, I've got to be honest with you, I wasn't convinced with him at fullback the other day. You reckon he might be more of a winger, maybe? Yeah, like I think he can play one. And look, we're, we're, we're judging him off one game at fullback, not in his team that he's been training with. So um, I, I just thought there was a couple of times where he overplayed his hand. There was a couple of passes down the right edge that uh, were nowhere near the mark, if we're being honest. So I, I think he's got a lot to work on. But, I mean, that's still, you know, that's his first game of the season at fullback. I think he can improve. But I thought he'd be better than that on his first hit out. Mm. What do you reckon, Timmy? I didn't learn anything from uh, Perham in this game because I, I came into the game thinking, oh, we know he can move. He's, he's a really good ball runner, super nimble on his feet. Uh, a few question marks around, can he slot into this fullback role? What's his positioning like, his ball playing? There were good signs, but there are a lot of, I suppose, issues around his ball playing. You mentioned one that he threw there, Guru over the sideline that wasn't even close to the mark. You know, maybe you put that down to combinations and, and mm. different, you know, will it be different when he's at the doggies with players he's more uh, frequented with? I really didn't know what to make of it because mm. there's so much potential there. I think you can probably make a good full, fullback out of him, mm. but I still need to see a lot more. And I mean, there's the other side of the argument to his credit. He had a back row playing hooker. He had two guys that aren't first graders in the halves. Mm. Uh, and mate, when I, we'll talk about it later, but when I sat down and watched Canterbury, that system looked like they'd been playing together for three or four oh. years. They were very impressive. So once I saw that, I thought, okay, this, this All-Stars game was a tough gig yeah. for this kid to mm. come into. I'm, yeah, I, I, I thought he'd be better, but I'm not going to judge him too heavily until I see him next mm. week in the Canterbury system. Look, I think you can look at him and you go, look, ball, ball running, con- physicality, footwork, all at an NRL standard. Just... Um, yeah, just do the ball playing, but one game, it's a trial. Yep. These ball playing, it's a matter of inches. Like, so I'm, I'm really, the good, the glass half full view of this is like, we, we know he can handle the physicality. We know he's got good footwork. We know he's strong. We know he's relatively quick. So there's a chance there that he may, he may be what they need at fullback at the moment until Critter gets there if they want to put Critter there at fullback. Um, now, uh, but I, I didn't think he played poorly, though. I didn't think he played poorly at all. I just thought kind of the same as you guys. Good, solid hit out. Hard to tell. Like, a fullback's so beholden on their 6, 7, and 9 these mm. days, unless you're a Joey Manu or a Tedesco that takes 30 hit-ups. Whereas, like, you know, Hayes Perham, he's still a rookie. He's not going to be that dominant or calling the ball. It's going to take him time to get comments. So, Am I right in saying... Played in the halves a little bit at the Warriors. He's been chopped and changed all over the place, yeah, hasn't yeah. he? So he's got a fair. He's got a fair highlights reel. He um, does. Yeah. Like he's there's so much upside to yeah. him. He could be a tremendous talent. So if he does kill it at fullback this year, if the dogs then Critter comes in and wants to play fullback, you know, there's the option to be you know shift into the halves as well. So he's very versatile. I also think he's the sort of fullback, as you said, Kemi. The highlights reel is pretty impressive. But you go and watch it. He is a bit of an unorthodox sort of mm. rogue character mm. the way that he plays. So I think that you would also have to get a team used to him around him, which I think could make a huge difference uh, at the Bulldogs as mm. well. Um, now, shout out Joseph Tarpanier. Looking goods again. Oh. 161 metres, 72 post contact, which was the most of any player on the field. Uh, I'll just check. I think it was the most of any player on the field. Yes, it was. Of course it was. It's Tarpanier. Um, <laughs> six tackle breaks, 30 tackles, zero misses, zero errors. Fuck this guy. He's so good, bro. You know, 
you get stats like that from battlers usually you know what i mean like guys that are grinders and they fucking they get through a ton of hit-ups a ton of work and you go like you're josh jackson's kind of thing like they just you don't get it from guys that on their day have the best footwork a front rower has in the game not maybe not the best i'd argue his footwork is as good as any other front rower he can offload He's decent at ball play. You know, you don't get those kind of these kind of incredible stats of like zero misses, zero errors from guys like Tarpanet. Like I think he is growing into arguably one of the best forwards in the game right now. Oh, without a doubt. Mm. Yeah, I don't think there's any argument. Obviously, he's done it for a, you know a small stint, but still, it was like it was half a season. Mm. But I, mate, all, all signs pointed to the other night that he's going to do it again for Canberra. Oh. And I think as well, like it's, and you can probably talk about it more to me, but I think it's, you know, like I think the keys have really been handed from um, Josh Papali to this guy. And, mate, I, I think he's taken it with two hands. Yeah, well, I mean, who would be your first picked front rower in your best NRL 13 oh. right now? Is oh. anyone better than Joseph Tapanay on Well, I, I put it this way. If you, if you did select Tapanay, I would not say that's a bad yeah. selection. Yeah. It would probably be right now. Like, it's hard because you've got guys like Haas that just put up these crazy numbers. But, you know, winning games is is the biggest stat. Mm. And so you go, go Fisher-Harris, who always fucking steps up. I thought Fisher-Harris was outstanding. Um, obviously, he had that one error at the end. But outside of that, he was. I thought he was outstanding. He had one run there. was right in the middle of the field. Blokes all around him. And he just got on his little twinkle toes, cut in between about three bikes, made half a line break. He went, big bike shouldn't be able to move. Is like that tapping it? Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Um, yeah. As I said, like, I'm trying to think, like, forwards with front rowers with better footwork than, than tapping it. Hard I don't work. think there is one. Yeah. Probably isn't one, eh? Nah. And yet, like, that's the thing. He has the, 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 the flashy stuff that we all love. But he also has the stats of a grinder, which is just – it's amazing. It and, blows my mind. And his flashy stuff that he can do, like you see guys in this comp when they go for an offload, the ball hits the ground every yeah. two or three. His are always on the mark. Yeah. He's never pushing offloads. He, he's creating them in the right spots when they need to happen. He's, he's such a talented guy. So fucking talented. Another guy – I know like if you looked at stats or whatever, you know, you may not jump out at you. There was a couple of runs where I saw Royce Hunt, and I'm going – Fuck me. If he can do that this year at the Sharkies, he is huge. He's so big. And, he, and the amount of times he found his front, um, I, I just think he's in for a big year, real big year. I don't know. Again, I know statistically it doesn't jump out at you, but me watching the game, there were just some runs that he took that were super important, got him on the front foot. Uh, Fisher-Harris, again, as I said, he was. I thought he was outstanding. You know, a few errors, a few uncharacteristic errors, but... When it came to running the ball, 174 metres in the middle there um, in a, you know, your first trial, which is the most of any forward on the field, uh, that's impressive. Similar to Royce Hunt, as you said, the stats don't jump off the table, but I thought Leo Thompson was good off the bench too mm. for Newcastle. And, um, you know, w- watched them the night before, and we'll talk about it later. I was pretty disappointed with their um, middles in the, in the first 25 minutes when they were all on deck. And I think that they're definitely going to need a third front row forward to really jump out of the ground this year. And I reckon Leo Thompson could be it. <laughs> it just fucked that you say that because you're like, oh, they just got rid of a new South Wales on the 19th front row. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, exactly Newy fans. Right. My bad. Our bad. Look, look, put it this way. If Knights make the eight this year, I will 100% say I was wrong and it was a good trade. So don't worry, guys. I'm happy to admit if I was wrong. Um, who else was there? Paul Turner. He's, he's got a bit about him. And I, I messaged you, Guru. I was like, 
fuck, I would love to see this kid in a storm or roosters. Because he's such the, the typical example of like super silky, crazy footwork, explosive off the mark. But sometimes they can rely too heavily on that. I'm not saying he did that in this game. I'm just saying that like you see these guys come through all the time where you're like, far out here is silky. But they just struggle with like structures of game plans. And I'm not saying that he is going to do that. I'm just saying that there's a bit about Paul Turner. There is. And I would say that he has relied on that in the past okay. a little bit, which, which I think has cost him a little bit because he, he can do things that – Others can't, but it's, it's very hard to get a read on when you're going to get it. Well, like the Ricky try, even just the way he dropped him off, the stop, the start, the silky way he hid the ball. Like, these are things that are the intangibles that are very hard to teach. Um, so I, I wonder what's going to happen with his career. Because I know that – didn't he have crazy raps on him a few years ago? Like, we're big talking raps. fucking he, he came, huge. He, I, think, I think he came from the Warriors, remember? He had yeah, big raps. He arrived at the Titans. I think he's still up there. Uh, but, I mean – Fuck, we're, we're all sitting here going, who's going to play halfback? His name hasn't even been mentioned. Mm. I'm not I'm not convinced if he is a seven. Is he a six, you think? Uh, maybe. Yeah, interesting. He's not a seven, but he, yeah, I, I think six might be his best spot. Yeah, okay. Um, now, uh, Jordan Ricky. I mean, we saw, like, this is what we talk about at the start of the year with, with Jordan. Is like, this is the year he needs to... He hit the potential that we all know he can. He had a bit of a quiet year last year, a couple too many errors. He still did have an error in this game, but like, you know, one every now and then is, is okay. And then there was a, a few defensive reads where you're like, oof, probably should have made that. But outside of that, some of his runs and his ability is, his upside is massive. Like he is so mobile. He's so good in contact. He, he runs a great line when he nails it. So I think, I think it's good signs for the Broncos. Again, we've been here before with, with Jordan where we go, okay, this is going to be the year. But I think this is the closest I've, I've been to being like, it really might be the year Jordan Ricky breaks yeah. out. And there was, you know, he, I think he made a really good tackle. I think it was Ezra Mam, and he was that first marker and then Nico Hines got the ball. And I, like he made that first, I went, fuck, that was a good knock by Jordan Ricky. Mm. Then he got out at first marker and he was a metre away from Nico Hines. Overchased, yeah. And he stayed a yeah. metre away from him the entire yeah. time. And But then you get to the end of the game and he comes up with that try, which was fucking fantastic, <laughs> playing on the wrong edge. He, But, you know, him him and Cobbo, they, they've just got to get those couple of errors well, out you know, it's funny. You, look, the same situation with Jordan Ricky, it was a concentration thing because yeah. because it wasn't an effort thing. He was chasing too hard. And so it's just that just that split second where you stop thinking about what's happening and that, that's what can kind of happen. And that's what with that Brisbane edge, like like you see Adam Reynolds get the ball down there and like I hold my breath. Because mm. you've got Ricky, you got Selwyn Cobbo out there, you just and you you're just hoping that they get through this set and they complete it. Whereas like if that edge can if both of them just can just cut one error out of their game a game, mm. that edge will be massive for them. I, I said it at the start of last year and I think I think I think I might have copped a little bit of slack from it. Copped a heap for it. But Stags Selwyn and Ricky and Reynolds can be one of the most damaging mm. edges in the comp. And people are like, you're off your fucking head. But I, I think at their best, they can be one of the most damaging. And I understand I've got Broncos biased. I get all that, guys. But Ricky, potential-wise, is up there. Katoni, we all know what he can do. But when you look at the error rate over there, like if you put it this way, if you cut half their errors out, they're probably scoring like 10 more tries together. Um, so... I think it's good signs for Ricky. Again, one or two little things, but this is because, and people might be going, oh, that's a bit harsh. Like, he had a great game. He did, but this is because we are, we think Ricky can be one of the best back rollers in the NRL, period, in my opinion, anyway. I think he can be one of the best in the NRL. What do you reckon about the Ricky performance, Timmy? Yeah, it was funny when, when Guru 
mentioned Selwyn Cobbo in that mix as well with Jordan Ricky. It's like we know he can do the good stuff. We know he can run a hard line and score a good try. It's like great to see, and we, but we know the upside's there. I want to see the one percenters like you touched on. I want to see him concentrating from marker, working from marker, you know, just you know, covering in defence, all the little parts of his game. Mm. Because we, we know how good he can be, mm. but we need to see him bring it together. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I hope. I think it is. I think he I think he's ready for a big year. I really do. I've got faith in the boys. Come on, boys. Lay <laughs> me down. Um, now to the Indigenous side. One thing I will say that was really surprising. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This might be Latrell Mitchell's first ever game where he didn't have a tackle break. Mm. And I was like, do you reckon his shoulder was not good? Potentially. Yeah. Because, like, like, that's what he does is he throws motherfuckers around. Yeah. Um, I wonder whether his shoulder it was can, a bit It like can it. be hard in those games where there's, you know, constant subs and you're changing positions. Sometimes you can just get a little bit lost in them. But, like, 80 minutes, three runs. He had three runs, so was that... In terms of the non-tackle breaks, I mean, if you only had three one runs, you just didn't get the tackle breaks. Played, he sort of sat at centre in some attacking structures, but then he would play the sweeping role. Did a lot of passing and mm. had a couple of peaches out there for Cobbo. Um, just oh, was just yeah, it just wasn't in contact a lot. Yeah. I don't think that, that's what I mean. I, and I just wonder, like, yeah, is his shoulder uh, is, is that why he played the ball mm. playing role? Which is crazy. Like Latrell Mitchell, the the biggest one of the biggest players in the comp can just go, you know what? My shoulder's a bit sore. If it is sore, I'm just going to ball play. And then just put absolute yeah. dimes for the boys. Oh. Um, but yeah, I just was watching going, fuck, is he, is he, is his shoulder giving him a bit of trouble? I'm not sure. Well, I, and like, that, that's what I thought was so impressive about this side. Latrell Mitchell and Jack, Jack Whiten, they combined for 11 runs between them. Mm. Jack Whiten's defence was fucking outstanding. Monster. <laughs> yeah. I, he is fast becoming one of my favourite players in the game. Like, there's not a game that doesn't go by where Jackie White doesn't play where I'm going, fuck, I love this bloke. Like, he rips and tears so much. Um, just sucks he plays for the Raiders, to be honest. But, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so I think the Indigenous... As I said, you, you're totally right, Guru, in, in regards to Trell Mitt, Jackie White, and, you know, even Cody Walker, although Cody Walker, you know, still had tries this everything like that. Their main guys didn't really have these crazy games. It was like mm. younger fellas that come in. Um, like even Naden's flick pass, I thought was really good. It's I the first game of football great. I've seen him play. Yeah. Naden yeah. is talented, man. Yeah, he well, is super talented. We, we sat down and did the Tigers best seventeen the other day, and there's about four or five names you can chuck in the centres, and we all sort of going, "Geez, do you just go with Naden because he's the experienced hand?" But when I watched him play the other night, I'm going, "Fuck no, I'm going to pick him because he's been the best player this preseason." Yeah, he looked he looks really good. He's in that so game. talented. He was so he he did his thing in uh, the before the Penrith Grand Final where he's like 18th man or whatever. He went out. He was still one of their best players when he came on the field. He yeah. killed it. Um, Naden is super, super talented. Big, strong body. In his first year at Penrith, he was outstanding. Scored that like 70-meter try on debut or something like that. But I've got to get to your boy, Jermaine Hopgood. 
Ooh, what a knock. Good God. He's looking unbelievable. We'll have to check. So you got your 118 metres, sweet. Ooh. Four tackle breaks, that's sweet. Four offloads, 45 tackles. Fuck me. Yeah. <laughs> and without carrying on or anything, this is just him. This is what you'll get in most performances. I, I know the Penrith Panthers have made a billion very good decisions over the last few years, but... When they lost Kikau and, you know, they were a bit short on forwards, they needed guys. I can't believe they let this guy go. Mm. I cannot believe. And credit to Parramatta uh, for, for getting their paws on him because I, I think he's going to be a star. Do you reckon Parramatta has offered him starting 13 money? I, I would have to assume so because mm. if not, why would you leave this Penrith side? Why would, why would Penrith let him go when yeah. there's, there's a position on the edge for him? And, and, and people, are like, I, I think for a lot of people, they've only noticed him since he got man of the match in the grand final. Mm. He was doing it all fucking year. Yeah. He, he was no secret. Penrith would have been well and truly aware of what he's capable of. Uh, so, yeah, mate, to see a guy like him that has been a lot of hype around him and sometimes that can cripple guys, he loved it. He was great. He was really, really good. And he made the right decisions at the right time. Um, <coughs> just trying to see how many errors did he make. Zero errors. Yep. Zero errors of four offloads is a fucking great knock. And it was this same game last year where I spoke about Cotterall Priest and he went out in this game and he absolutely fucking killed it. Mm. And everyone sat back and went, oh, okay. Mm. Now he can play. And I think this guy's going to be very similar. The thing about his style of play, it reminds me of, say, Ruben Cotter or Pat Carrigan where, yeah, there's hype around them, there's pressure around them. <laughs> can they live up to the expectations? It's not like where they're, they're an outside back and they need things to fall around them and the opportunities to crop up. You know he's going to go out there each and every week. Mm. He's going to make his 40-plus tackles, have his 10, 15-plus runs, offload, bust a couple of tackles. Safe as houses, that investment. And, mate, he'll do the same thing against the team coming last as he will to the team coming first. Mm. That, that's just the sort of guy he is. He is tough as nails and he'd be a huge asset to any football team. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, great, a great uh, showing for a lot of players, to be honest. I didn't really think anyone played shockingly either, which is good. Even the young guys coming through. Um, great signs for Ricky. Great signs for Cobbo. Great signs for um, Jermaine Hopgood. Nico Hines. I mean, Sharkies fans, you must be sitting there going, holy. And we'll get to the Sharkies preview because holy fuck. Um, yeah, outside of that, uh, great signs, Tarpanair. Um, and great signs, Penrith Panthers with uh, Ricky, the Ricky brother. Yeah. Um, I'll throw one more in there. I'm a, I'm a Jesse Arthur's man. I like I think Jesse he's a bit Arthur's. underrated he's, too. He's got a bit to him, Jesse Arthur's, and I'd like to see him play more NRL this season. He's such a good mover, makes a lot of right decisions, lots of attacking upside. Probably need to watch his defence a little bit closer in the top grade. I don't know if he has his issues there, but yeah, I'm a bit of a believer. Jeez, that was a good line he ran to score that So try. nice. That's unreal. Yeah. And he's like he's he's quite quick, deceptively big as well. Like he's not huge or anything like that. But I think you sometimes you look at him and go, Oh, he's a smaller center. But actually when you look at him in contact, he actually he's yeah. sweet. He's I get these I get some Herbie Farnworth vibes to him. Yeah. Just. Agreed. Agreed. Mm. Um Yeah, so mate, incredible performance. As I said, Ricky Brothers, Selwyn with you know, minus the, the errors or whatever, uh Hopgood, Tarpanair. Hines, great stuff, great stuff. Uh, now, 
Uh, on before our next seg- word segment, celebrations in Cameron Park and damn Hotel Wyong Bottle Shop. Both stores currently have a big stack of bloke lager and bloke midi at the front of their store, and they're running a promo where every six-pack or carton purchased of bloke beer goes in the running to, in, to win either a bloke soccer jersey or a bloke party shirt. That's right, guys. So if you go down and buy a... Um, a, a case of bloke or a six pack of bloke, whether it be midi or lager, at Celebrations Cameron Park or damn Hotel Wyong Bottle Shop, you have a chance to win a bloke soccer jersey or a bloke party shirt. And like, it's not like you're competing with hundreds of people. Your chances are like, you know, one in 20 or something like that. So head down to Celebrations Cameron Park and damn Hotel Wyong Bottle Shop. Grab a case of bloke in a bar or even just a six-pack and six pack, and you've got a chance to win a bloke soccer jersey or a bloke party shirt. We actually already we already had um, one of the other stores had already given away their winner and he messaged me. He was fucking stoked. So, um, yeah, head into Wyong Bottle Shop and also uh, Cameron Park. Yeah, uh, Dam Hotel Wyong Bottle Shop and Celebrations Cameron Park. This is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc., Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 